Good evening. Alrighty. So we left off last week talking about people who fail to achieve what they could, what they should do in this world. And there are all kinds of reasons, all kinds of rationalizations, all kinds of excuses that really block us from doing what we really, really should do. It's actually, you know, today, actually, was not, I wonder, I, how many times have I been to the store to, for lunch? It's competition. I'm competing with your husband, by the way. I, I think I'd be here this week. I was like there like every day. I'll be there tomorrow also. A different, every different, different, different person. Religious, non-religious, this way, that. Someone was telling me, a person was telling me, you know, it's unbelievable. The person tells me, he emails me, he's so bothered by Jewish assimilation. I said, great, we should talk about, like, you know, that presents lots of ideas, and at the end of the day, I say, and now what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to do about it? You know, it, it, Sunday night, I, for those who, who's here Sunday night, for the Holocaust film? Is that unbelievable? Were you inspired? Yes. Were you inspired? Yes. I mean, you see the story of Rabbi Schoenfeld. Anyone who missed it, missed it. I felt bad because you missed something powerful. Uh, you missed see the story of Rabbi Schoenfeld. You see the story of Rabbi Weissmandel. Like, everyone who was there was like, wow. People who saved lives during the Holocaust. Who did, you know, who did unbelievable things. I mean, literally unbelievable things during the Holocaust. And you like, you look at yourself. What would you do, have done if you were in the Holocaust? Now, you, you, hear this, you, you hear the people, one person was in London, he was very comfy in London during the Holocaust. I mean, there was, at one point you got bombed, you had to go to the countryside. But you think to yourself, you watch the videos of the people being interviewed who were saved 60, 50 years later, 60 years later, talking about how their children and grandchildren are here because of these individuals. You think to yourself, like, what would have I have done if I was alive in the Holocaust, how would I have contributed to saving lives? Many people in, the, in that generation, you know what they did? Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Oh, they, they read the paper, they sighed, they cried. I'm sure many people cried. They quetched. And what did they do? What could I do? I can't do anything. They sat by the silence as Jews were gassed to death. I'm not blaming those people. But they did nothing. And you know, and there's so many things in life. I said, the person says to me about assimilation, I said, what are you going to do about it? Well, you're not going to save the world, but what are you, how are you going to help some people? You see, you know what it is to save a Jewish neshama? Save one, save the world. Say, you know what it is to save a life? Hey, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and watch it? Are you going to have popcorn? Are you going to cry? Are you going to feel bad? What are you going to do about it? And so I'm not here to talk about that right now. But here's the point. I said to the person, if you're already inspired enough to email me, don't be lazy not to act on what you're inspired. You know, if you have a moment, you know, some people are inspired to, some people, one person, one of my lunch meetings told me this week, they want to work on their tefillah. Tremendous to work on prayer. Change your whole life. You want to work on prayer? You know, I don't work on tefillah. Huge. That's a good thing. You know, you pray every day. This guy was, was a gentleman. I, I think all my lunch has been gentleman this week. 
uh, so he's a gentleman. You pray three times a day. He, you don't want to work on prayer for the rest. You know, you pray every day, three times a day. Don't you want to fix your prayer? So you're motivated. What are you going to do about it? And you know what happens very often in life? Imagine the Let's say a person works on it. At two, I had two separate meetings this week with two different individuals, one male, one female, about patience. Working on patience. You know, the rest of you like to be a more patient person. Yeah, more patient person. Isn't that a great thing to be patient? Be patient in life, calm and cool, collected. But what are you going to do about it? And here's the thing we mentioned last week that very often in life we end up having all kinds of rationalizations, excuses. You know, I want to, I really, I really do. And we don't get to do what we want to do. And we talked about last week a lot of the reasons why we don't do it. Really, we talked about the, 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 the factors which make us lacking. If anyone missed this, you should listen to the, to the recording about this. Make us lack this reason, the alacrity that we should be able to do what we want to do in this role. Um, we mentioned, number one was laziness. We discussed what, if, you, if you're looking for comfort in this world, we elaborate this, if everything has to be comfortable, you, 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 you won't be able to achieve what you want to achieve. You won't be able to do what you want to do. If everything's about just doing things when they come easy and cruise control, you won't do it. And number two is fear. Fear of change, fear of doing, fear of the unknown, fear of a million things, fear of rocking the boat. And we, we, we discussed them at length. So if, again, if anyone wasn't here, they can listen to the, to the recording for last week. Klalo Shaldavar, the sum of the matter is, Tzarek Shiyasim Ha'adam is Atzmo, a person needs to make themselves Arai Ba'olam. Arai, temporary. Vikavua ba'avoida. You know what's really important? What's really important? You know, I was, uh, yeah, I was learning Rabbi Chaim Vital last night, Shari Kedusha. Shari Kedusha is, woo, it's, whole, it's like a combination of like Musr and Kabbalah. And he talks about the soul, the, all the levels of uh, how the soul goes. And it, he elaborates how deep the soul, the, the Neshama is. How like, we in this world, we, have, we can always be part of our connection to the Neshama. Yeah, how, how deep and how powerful all our, our neshamas are. Well, you know, we, we, in order for our neshama to be enriched and to be powerful, to be powerful, you know, really, you know, the truth is, when we do a mitzvah in this world, our neshama burns so bright. Really, it's only because we're in a physical body that you can't see it, but... In the world to come, that mitzvah you do, it's going to burn so bright. And every mitzvah we do, it's going to be half of a fella. Unbelievable. Learn Torah, you did a mitzvah, you did a chesed, you helped somebody, you, 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 you did Shabbos, you, you smiled, you did charity. Oh, you'll be a million It's going to be so bright. You know, you taught someone Torah, you, you, you uh, Visited a sick person, made them happy. Tremendous. Unless you were a kid of Shashem, you try to sneeze. Oh, so bright. The, 
we, the problem is, by us in this world, because we're in a physical body, we can't even, we can feel it, we have a little bit of a taste. You do t- t- acts of kindness, acts of goodness, you can feel the goodness in yourself. You can, you, when you pray and you connect to God, you can feel it. You have a good job, so you can feel it. But really, you don't even know the power of it. But how do you tap into it? You know, if you want to, when you really want to hit your neshama, you hit your neshama when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And the way you, you accomplish what you're supposed to be doing, you have, that Zerizus, that, is you cannot view yourself. You remember that muscle I gave two weeks ago about the five minutes in the grocery? And, you, get, and you, you, won, you won the auction. You can pick whatever, every, anything you want to take. You have five minutes in the store. Five minutes in the store. And anything you want. And that's it. Afterwards, you're stuck with what you have. Who's going to take a break in the store? You, get, you put your five minutes you're in, you're in, in, in some store with, or, or five minutes in, 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 the, in, the, in the safe with all the gold. You're going to take a break then? You say, I'm tired? You're going to take everything in this world. So if you're looking at life as a bunch of breaks, you're going to miss a lot. And of course, you mentioned last week, breaks are important to refresh yourself. But it's only if you realize that every light, minute of life is precious. So if you're Araiba Oilam, what's most important to you is your Avoda. What's most important to you is to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. To get done what needs to get done. Um, you're not going to look for creature comforts. You're not going to look for all these things because it's not as important. And what I need to do is right now, I, I'm in this life is short. Ladies, ladies, you're, you know, you're here. My, my little son, Yosef Meir, who's turning nine this month in Av, he tells my wife yesterday, it's so crazy how quick the year went by. I still remember sleeping in the sukkah. It feels like two minutes ago. I, this little boy who's eight years old makes that comment. I say, well, life is short. You know, you either do it, you don't do. I'm watching this video something. I'm thinking, like these, you know, you know I'm, again, I'm a, I'm a grandchild of, of four Holocaust stars. I, I have the Holocaust very much in my psyche, like real Holocaust survivors. So when I see like, these people save lives, they either did or didn't do it. Like you, 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 either, you either help people or you didn't help people. You either achieve with your neshama in this world, or you don't do it. It's 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 either accomplish what you could or you don't. And if you're looking at oilam hazeh, at this world as a place where you're going to relax and enjoy life, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying enjoy life. You know, most most of us in this world, everyone has jobs, or they have husbands have jobs, or you have jobs, or concerns and worries. You got exercise, a lot of things you got to do in this world. But you know, you just forget what's what's really important. Huh. What life is short? You know what? What are you gonna do? You know you want to. This person tells me they work on tefillah. They're a busy person. Uh, you know, every person at this week is a busy person, including myself. People are busy. Lots of good things. Lots of busy lives. Busy lives. You want to work on tefillah? How are you gonna do it? You want to dive in the rest of your life like so so? Like you were, you made our, you made the tape last week. Remember that? Your Hebrew class. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you now? Hi, are you happy investing to learn Hebrew? Mm-hmm. Feel like a different person? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that you could have went your entire life and never known how to read Hebrew? Is it, yeah. Was that possible to do? I could imagine it. You could imagine it, right? So it took a certain amount of de- dedication and devotion, correct? Mm-hmm. Investment? You're, a good teacher. 
Good to you, but investment also, time, probably some money, right? Some time, whatever. I mean, it doesn't happen that way. You know, if wants to, wants to help Jews not assimilate, you know how hard it is? People tell me, I'm embarrassed, I don't want to say anything, I, I don't want, I don't, or I don't know how to, or well, this is not for me, or I'm not so good myself. So, so instead, instead, you do nothing for nobody, and you just watch Jews around you in the Bay Area, in the whole world. If you don't, if you're not connected to Torah, <laughs> so you just do nothing. I, you excuse yourself. I'm telling you right now, 99% of Jews who, who lived in America and England and all these countries, that's what they thought in the Holocaust. So they did nothing. Nothing. They watched it happen. And again, I'm sure many of them cried. I'm sure a lot of them even prayed, which is already something. But doing? They didn't believe. Do you know Mrs. Reichman, who was not mentioned? So they heard, you heard of the Reichman family? The Reichman family? The Reichmans? She saved thousands of lives during the Holocaust. Do you know where she was during the Holocaust? Anybody? In Morocco. And, and she was a refugee in Morocco, and she was writing letters, organizing things. She, they were, before they were rich and famous. You know why? Because she said to herself, what could I do? Or Aaron Cutler came to America. Do you know where he came first? San Francisco, actually. He landed in San Francisco. And he took the trade to New York. The first thing in New York, the first thing is the first the week after coming to America in 1941, trying to save Jews. The man didn't speak a word of English. He didn't speak a word of English. So all he was saying is, what could I do? He didn't say, let me take a break. I've been traveling. I had to go through Siberia. I was in Kobe, Japan, trying to get a visa. Baruch Hashem, I made it to America. Let me take a few months off. Recuperate. No! The first, and he started yeshiva, by the way, which is unbelievable. He came here within six months. He already had started yeshiva. And was, the man didn't say a word of English. Not a word of English. He was, he was, at the time, how old was Rabbi Aaron Cutler? In 1941. He's 50 years old. No, he, wasn't, he wasn't a Zuckin. But he wasn't no youngster. He was no 25-year-old. He was 70 years old. He could have said, like, you know, I gotta, this is crazy. He wasn't saying they were crying about his family. Alright, alright. He said, this is it. Now I gotta do. He had a focus. He had a goal. And if you have it, if you, if you, if you say to yourself, all, I'm, all I'm positive. I had two people this week telling me about patience. One person about prayer and one person about assimilation. And a lot of other things. But that just hit my mind right now. All, right. all Everyone in this room has things, forgetting things that we don't even think about, things that we know we should be doing. Each one of us has things that we, I'm talking about spiritual things today. I'm not talking about career goals. It's also important. So spiritually, every one of us know things, what are we going to do it? These are things, you know what, when you think that the, the Gros says, when you have that message, that's God speaking to you. That's your neshama. Things that we know we should be doing. We, when are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? Think it's going to happen by thinking about it? It's going have to have, you can't look for it when it works out nicely and comfortably, when it's easy, when it's convenient. It doesn't happen. 
Right? Don't, if your goal is this, don't, you got to push yourself. So you miss lunch once in a while. You can miss lunch. I, I didn't miss lunch this week. I, 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 part of what I had to do is do lunch. It was a tough life. I think I got to exercise afterwards. Um, you know, but if I had, you know, you gotta, somebody's got to let sleep. Somebody wants lunch. You got to give up a vacation once in a while. You got to, you know, you got to give up. It's not, uh, this thing's got to give up. You got to embarrass yourself. Let me just embarrass yourself. You know, you, don't, you have to learn. I remember a friend of mine, first guy to learning, so he learned, he was in his mid-twenties, learned a 14-year-old Gemara, because he wanted to learn how to Gemara, now he's a teacher, teaches Gemara. But you know what it is, you're 10 years older than somebody, and they're teaching you. Not so, not so, not so fun. But you know what, what's important? What, what's, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? If something's important, you'll give up uh, comforts. You'll be confident in Hashem that if you are Hashem that you try to purify yourself, you want to accomplish it, Hashem will help you. You're not going to worry about, you know, it's guaranteed, by the way, if you try anything spiritually, and you're dedicated and devoted, and you're willing to give up, you will be successful. Guaranteed. You will be successful, guaranteed. Now, it doesn't mean you'll, you'll if you want to save from installation, you will, you will save the whole world. No, but you're guaranteed to be successful. Guaranteed to be successful. If you want to work on tefillah and you make effort, you're guaranteed. Guaranteed! 100% Hashem will help you. If you're willing to expend yourself, and you hear that, Koshmark will help you. Guaranteed! If it's right, I mean, obviously, if you, if it's right thing for you, I mean, you know, if you're doing something which is outlandish, but guaranteed. We talk about Shem. Shem a timer. Hari Metsino. Shechayavu Kham Mechomakom. Shishma Adamus Atsum Shmir Mula. I gotta get eight hours of sleep at night. Gotta, gotta be. I have to eat meals. I gotta relax. I gotta exercise. I don't have time for all this stuff. You know, uh, uh, I mentioned last week. You know, I, I think I was talking about taharas. Remember that? There's some people who never do a tahara because they're scared to. Never, you know, and the merit to do a tahara. Now that one lady told me she can't do it, and she did it once. It changed her. She said, oh, I can't see dead people. The minute she did it, she prepared someone for death. You know, after death. You know, it changed the person. What are you saying? You're volunteering? Do, to do the Taras? To, to do the Taras. Yes, they do. Okay. Um, a person should not put himself in Sakana. So a person says, I won't do this. I can't do a Tahara because I'll faint. I can't do this because uh, even if a person is righteous, you got to take care of it. you got to watch yourself. I remember one wife telling me, I don't want to push my husband. So for this person, when she wants to go walking at 3 in the morning, whatever she wants to do, learning, I'm nervous about him. I don't want to, uh, all kinds of concerns. Stuck, you know, I want to have a balanced budget. You look at their expenses, where they go. But they yeah, give all kinds of rationalizations. I, I need to have, I can't, I can't do this. Um, one lady told me she can't come to the class. Why? 
because she's tired at night. I'm telling you right now, the same person who's tired at night for a million other things, not a million, but for things that are important, out there. And I, I got to take care of my health. So and it says, Nishmat you have to take care of yourself. And a person says you should ha- you should watch anything which is dangerous or a problem, even for a mitzvah. So it says that I'm you understand? There are people who come and say, I gotta take care of myself, I gotta be careful. I, I know people who never been to Israel. You know why they've never been to Israel? It's dangerous. You ever meet such people? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's dangerous. A person tells me they can't go to they, it's dangerous. They won't go to Israel. They don't, they've never been to Israel because it's dangerous, or uh, they're a person. Oh, and people don't do a lot of things because of Dakiyeshira. Um, it says the Ramchal, there's justified fear and unjustified fear. Yeshira there is intelligent fear, Yeshira Shaita, and there is foolish fear. Yesh bitachon, there is faith, yesh holus. Kinea adan baruchu asa sa adan valsechal nachon usvarnachach. Hashem made us intelligent, straightforward to think what's real. If we're honest, we'll know what we could really do and what we really can't do. Lishianic atzal derechato, vishmur nadvarma mazikim asher, nivru lo inesharashayim. We should protect ourselves from, from things which could damage. Which are really there to damage the, the wicked. Obviously, if you're late to a shear and you drive 100 miles on the highway, that's not what God wants. <laughs> right? To endanger yourself to do something, that's not what God wants. If you need seven hours of sleep, if you legitimately need seven hours of sleep, you should get a drop less than seven hours of sleep. <laughs> you know, six hours and 55 minutes. You know, yeah. But, you know. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, no one's saying to stay up. You know what? Five or Chavetz Chaim used to close the lights in the base Medrash. You know what Bacham getting sick? He said, after this, you should be going to sleep. He'd come in at late at night and close the lights in the base Medrash. Turn off the lights. The story, they, they go back and turn it on and learn, you know. But he was making a point. you got to take care of yourself. It was legitimate. you got to know yourself. Everyone has points where... I, you know, there are ladies that have literally uh, emotional breakdowns before Pesach. That shouldn't be the case. Not, be- because, not because they work themselves too hard. You know, you got to take care of yourself. There's, there's, there's realism to this. Um, uh, that's not trusting on Elholis. And if you really endanger yourself, you do things which are dangerous, there are uh, Jews who do not take care of their finances. They say, oh, God will take care of them. They're not at that level. And they get themselves into all kinds of troubles financially, whether they're in Kailal or wherever they are. You know, that's not a joke. You can't get, you got to pay bills. There's realities to life. If you have no way to make money, unless you're B'shem Baruchai, you're going to be in trouble. There are people who, who go out to, if you go to a, a, a kever in the middle of the night, it's a dangerous area. You can't do that. It's dangerous. I let it go driving in an area. I wouldn't go to Yosef's uh, Kever. Probably the dead wouldn't go there either unless I had some serious army. I don't know where Yosef's Kever is. Shechem. You know what Shechem is today? Not a safe place. You know what Shechem is called today? Nablus. You don't want to go there. There are people who go there. A few times the army had to come there with like troops into 
shoot around to get these guys out, it's not okay to do that thing. It endangers other people also. Um, obviously, if you have a big group and the army is closing it, of course you can go to anywhere, any, anywhere. But to put yourself in danger for ruchnias like that, you don't want to do that. You know, to to stay up till three in the morning and then physically get sick, you're not allowed to do. That's that's not taking care of, of yourself. Um, person told me they, they, they eat a lot and you know for, on Shabbos and they gain, they, they, you know, nowhere. Nowhere does it say you don't gain weight on Shabbos. <laughs> nowhere. It, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't say that anywhere. I know that I most of my weight gain through the weekends from Shabbos, right? And that, that's not because you know everyone gains weight on Shabbos. If you eat on Shabbos, if, you know, the person says like you know they quote, they, you gotta take care of yourself. If not Shabbos, you eat a little bit more, you a little bit better, but you gotta. You can't, it's not a free for all over there. It's not a free for all. You, you will gain weight on Shabbos if you don't watch yourself. You got like anything else. You got, of course, you're right. you have a neshama to eat more. Great, How take care of yourself. No one's saying to be a reckless person. Um, um, if you go ahead and endanger yourself, right? You're actually a sinner. If you drive like a maniac. To, to get somewhere, you're a sinner, right? If you do something which is reckless, and you you stay up, you know, till very late at night, I'll tell you, when I was 20 years old, I was pushing the candle, I was staying up very late, wake up very early, uh, I was eating like a Danish for breakfast and a coffee and I was literally like crazy. I'm like literally I was not exercising. Um all because, and I was wasn't I wasn't I was learning. I was but I, I didn't I pushed myself too much and I got sick. I got I got I got mono Epstein bar and I was like sick for months after that. Uh that was not a good idea. <laughs> I, I and I, I always say I was happy I learned that before I was married. I can only imagine having that being married with kids. Like but I learned that at age 20, like, there are realities to life. You know, you got to take, be a, have a certain amount of balance. So he's not saying to be unbalanced over here. Uh, and you're actually, if you get yourself, you know, uh, sick, if you endanger yourself by going to some cemetery in the middle of the night or going to a legitimately dangerous place or you don't take care of yourself or you, or you, you know, you do everything and you don't exercise, uh, you know what happens if you don't exercise? It's terrible for your body not to exercise. Terrible. So if you're learning all day and not exercising, it's not a good thing. Um, so you actually get punished for that. I remember one of my she was Zalg Epstein's that's all told me that if a person doesn't take care of themselves and because of that they don't exercise, they don't eat healthy, they die young, they're responsible for that. Shem's going to ask them, you could have lived for five more years, ten more years. Where you lived, and you were sickly. Whose fault is that? You didn't take care of yourself. So no one's saying to, 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 to push yourself to the extent. But he said, that's Yiro, which is built on Seichel and Chachma. You know you need this much amount of sleep. And you know that this is a dangerous place. Not not legitimately dangerous place. Not, I, you know, it, it, the, by the way, the, the embassy in the United States would tell you is it dangerous to go to Israel? You know what they say? It's not dangerous to go to Israel because it isn't dangerous. Where is it dangerous to go in Israel? I can tell you places it's dangerous to go in Israel. It's dangerous to go in California. I mean, you know, there are dangerous places everywhere. 
Yeah, I, yes. I agree. If you if you hang out in parts of Oakland, and, and, and exactly, you will you will yes. be in danger. Or parts of San Jose, yes. you wouldn't want to be like no. also. So that's true of anywhere you are. Yeah. So the the um so so but with our place, legitimate danger. Shechem, Nablus, unless you're with serious police protection, very dangerous. You go to parts of Arab East Jerusalem. You don't have to go that far. Uh, quite dangerous. You know. And you know, if you want to be a nationalist to wave the flag there, and you endanger your life, that's reckless. Right? Again, if you're coming with an organized group with an army, I'm not talking. I'm talking one individual walking around with a yarmulke and says this in parts of Arabian Jerusalem is sakanas nafashas. Okay, you're endangering your life. That's it. so. It makes sense, right? You know that if you don't exercise, you're going to get sick. You know if you don't get a, a sufficient amount of sleep, it's going to be bad for you. You'll be if you're not even if you don't get sick. You'll be a nervous wreck. You know that if you don't go for that walk once a week, you're going to be uptight. Whatever. That is rational. Um, but he... But what is... Uh, uh, it says a, a, a clever person is careful and stays away from it. But But fools go on and they do dumb things. They drive crazily. They go to dangerous places. They don't take care of themselves. They're not, you know, you know. A, a few times people have told me I can't make it to Nin. Why? Oh, they stay up late at night. Why are they staying up late at night? What do you think they're doing? Number one reason. Computer. Computer. The internet. Oh, and sometimes they're watching Shurim at one o'clock in the morning, and they almost stop. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know, I'm not gonna. But I'm not like people don't take care of themselves to do that. So there a year to hope. What's a foolish person? The person adds on all kinds of protections. I can't learn because I, I gotta go to sleep at night. I got but you know what happens? They don't go to sleep at night. <laughs> and you know what happens? They chill out in their room and they veg out like a vegetable. Or I I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this thing. It's uh, there's something called VT. Right? VT, like it sucks your, 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 your head and shows you images. And you sit there and watch other people. Uh, you sit there and watch other people who most of them get paid to, to make believe things, which are narishkites. You know what narishkite is, Mrs. Stolen? Why not? You don't know from Meisharm, you don't know this language. You're going to go buy yarmulkes for Jacob. Foolishness. Right? Now they sit there watching. Uh, now, so, so some people are very religious. They don't have intelligence. So instead they watch on their computer. Like, go figure. My you know? <laughs> What's the difference? Zero. Zilch. Actually, usually it's worse. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they sit there and they veg out. I, I, I have no strength to go to Dominic. Please tell me what you gain by sitting there watching that tube. Or answering emails. Answering emails. And I, 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 I'm stuck answering emails. But I, I despise, I mean, we're reading a book. Now, I'm not against reading books. I'm not against reading books. But you know what, after, is that, so it's, that's not, it's not, now everyone has, again, a time we need a break. But breaks should not happen if you're a man during minion, ever. Breaks should not, I'm not I'm, again, some people are not at that level. I'm not talking about people who are on the, on the path. I'm talking about people who, no better. That, that, there's no break during Minion, and there's no break when you could legitimately 
be gaining. I'm going to be, I, I don't know where you ladies were Sunday night, but you would have gained. Honestly, I think people who didn't come lost. Now, there were plenty of people who had legitimate reasons not to be here. Okay? You know, legitimate reasons. They didn't know about it. That would be a good reason. Uh, if they didn't know about it, they have a family. It could be a legitimate reason. But let's say you didn't have a legitimate reason. You know what happened? You lost out. You could have been inspired. You could have been educated. And you lost out. So what are you telling me? I was reading the news. Or I was reading a book. Or I was washing dishes. Now, it could be you were washing dishes. Could be. So the question is, is when are you washing dishes? And when is, could you when you can't be? There's a class Monday night on Shalom Bias. Who's there for that? Rabbi Levin. Rabbi Levin's class on Shalom Bias. You liked it? You liked it? I'll, I'll tell you you liked it. Okay, good. It was a nice exercise. It was a good, good presentation. Helpful things. Somebody emails me about this. Oh, I didn't know about it. So they didn't know about it. But this person could have gained from it, unfortunately. They, they were not there. Uh, the Shalom Bias class. All about communication. So you're going to say, where were you? Now, a person, imagine they were going to get sick if they went to that. They were really, they didn't feel well. You shouldn't go. Let's say it was at 11 o'clock at night, and if you go to sleep after 9 o'clock, you don't function the next day. You shouldn't go. Let's say you have an emergency. You shouldn't go. Let's say you have a bill to work out for tomorrow, and you need to see the bill to be paid. Shouldn't go. And let's say not. <laughs> let's say, why didn't you go? You spoke about communication and marriage. I know a lot of people come to me at communication marriage. Many people could work about that. So a person should be asking, why didn't I go? What's the reason I didn't go? Right? Now, I, I, I used to always say, people, you go to Israel, go to Chaim Kenevsky. And I used to tell people, go to Rav Yashiv. I saw people go to Ravadi Yosef. Did you ever see Ravadi Yosef? You saw his picture, right? Could, did you, could you, you want to go to him? Did you go to, you want to get a bracha? You want to go to him now and say, get a bracha? No. Can't. No. It's not around. He's, he's learning you up there with uh, the Gedele. You know, did or didn't do it. You know, you went to Israel, you're like, yeah, they got it. Somebody, I said somebody, you know, go to Israel, go to Kavarachal. Go to Kavarachal. How in the world does a Jew go to Israel and not go to Kavarachal? I don't know. Do you have time to go to Masada? Masada? You heard of Masada? You heard of Masada? Very interesting, Masada. You know, it's it's a very interesting place. A lot of good artifacts. It's a good hike. It's an exercise. Walk up the mountain. I don't think you do that anymore. When I did, you walked up. Oh, I did it at like 100 degrees plus. Um... I wouldn't do that today, actually. <laughs> but I did it when I was 20 years old a few times. You ran up the mountain at, at, at 100 degrees, lots of water. Uh, 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 I mean, it's hot. So, but you know what? You go to Masada. Not, I'm not saying if you've never been to Masada, it's a good place to be. You know what it means to go to Kevarachal? It means you, you went there, you davened, you took care of yourself, took care of yourself, you went to Mamarachal. Who knows what that davening does for you? You go to Israel, you didn't go to the Kaisal. There are people who go to Israel, go to Kaisal. Most people go to the Kaisal, so I'm not going to pick the Kaisal. You didn't go to Kevarachal. You're up north. You didn't go to Meron or to, 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 to you didn't go to Tzveri, to Rabbi Meir Balanes, to Rambam or Kiva, or the Ramchal who's burying Tzveri. You went to Tzfat, you went to the artist's quarter, and you didn't go to that Rizal? Bisti Meshigah? Are you crazy? 
So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. She's, she's taking care of her brother. Esther Rachel Klein, before she went to Israel, asked me and asked others where she should go for that. Why don't people know about this? I'm not talking about irreligious people here. I'm talking about religious people here. Why don't they know where to go? So it's very... Yes. You didn't ask. So, well, here's my point, though. You, you have laziness. They're legitimate things, right? You don't want to go that safe. But when there are good options in life, why aren't we taking it very often? So very often, he says, it's, it's foolish. I don't want to go. I can't push myself. I can't do this. Uh, or... or you know, it's lots of steps or whatever. So there's legitimate fears. I can't come to that class at night because... I, and there's illegitimate fears. There's non-legitimate fears. And very often, says Ramchal, what blocks us from doing things is... Again, let's go back to Kirov. This guy says to me, we're Israel assimilation. So do something about it. Now, what's legitimate fear? A legitimate fear, a ridiculous thing, is to go down into... Although I've said this many times... So go down to a, a reformed temple and say, everybody, you're being lied to. Go in there and say, you're out of your minds. What do you think would happen if you did that? They'll they're ask you to leave. Or well, worse. If they say anything to you. Wow. So you, should be, you shouldn't do that. It won't be effective. Yeah. And you should fear for your life if you do that. Not physically. Not, no one's going to kill you. But they'll, they'll scream at you. They'll, yes. What's an illegitimate fear? You work, someone at work. And you see the person every day. And you say, oh, would you like to learn something about Judaism? Okay. Once a week, we're at work together anyways. Maybe we'll learn Perky Or, why don't you come to my house for Shabbos? Or, did you ever hear about Hanukkah? Or, you have a relative. Wow. You have relatives, and they're not so religious. I can't tell them anything. What's the worst that could happen? So, don't pick... Can't answer that question. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? What's it? They took a gun to you? No. They shot you. No. Do you still get invited to the, to the bar mitzvahs? Well, but they called one, yes. Nothing happened. My point is, is even the, the obviously, if you, have, if you, if you, certain people, I'm not saying to be a kamikaze. You have to know your, yourself. But most people, you know, I told Sam Aller, I, 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 I say this as, as a, not to take credit, but it's something to learn from. You know, he had a relative. I said to him, you should learn with him. So let's learn with this relative. Perkyovas. This is the last eight months. This relative suddenly dies. It's a heart attack. And I said to me, Mama, she gave this guy. He gave this guy eight months. He's going to go to Shamam. He has something. A little Torah in the And then he dies. And he starts a Facebook class. I encourage him to do that. In his memory. He has like 100 people, you know, give on his Facebook account. Now, Sam Allen, you know what yeshiva he went to? None. It's 100 people teaching Torah week. You know what that is? Anyone can do that. There's not, you ladies can do that. You can, you can learn with a relative. You can do a Facebook class. There's none of you who cannot do that in this room. None. Right? You can always do that. But you know why people don't do that? I can't. I'm not a speaker. Sam Allen's a good guy, but he's not, uh, he's not, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is a speaker. He's not getting up there and on the bemall. You know, he's oh! you know, he's not. He's a quiet guy, Shmuel. Isn't he? His personality is a nice guy. Yeah, plenty of people would be. Anyone could do that. I mean, he's very hush of God. I'm not taking away from him, but you, know, you all could do that. Why don't people do? Why don't people do that? They're too scared. I don't have time. 
They don't have time. You know, people ask me questions about going to, the, to about their relatives that they have these quote unquote bar mitzvahs. You have time to ask questions. Why have time to fix a situation? You know, you ever? I, 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 somebody told me a while back. I have a relative, so anti. So I said, why don't you try learning with them? Oh, they'll never. All of a sudden, they learn. Oh, they like learning. Did you ever ask? You try. You know, you, 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 there are people where there's legitimate fears. There's legitimate fears. And in life, what blocks us very, not, very often is, you know, feel of fear, illegitimate fears. Illegitimate fears, not the legitimate fears. They don't go to their class. They don't come to this. They don't do this. They don't get the davening. They, they fail to work on things. They have a motivation. They have a great idea, and it doesn't come to fruition because either laziness or, or, or illegitimate fears. So, how do you distinguish between one and the other? So, Klal says as follows: Klal and the general principle lahav kamin shteyiris between what legitimate fear and illegitimate fear. You know that if something is very uh, common to, to get hurt, right? It's that that's different. So if you go to an area, you could you could be scared to walk to shul. Scared to walk to shul. Why? You go outside. You can get hit by a car. Is that, is that, is that a legitimate fear? What? It's a legitimate fear. It could happen. Is it a legitimate fear? You can, the, you can get your, your roof could collapse in your head also. I mean, a million. So you erase your chances a little bit. That's that's what you call not shchirchazeka. What would be shchirchazeka if you had to, you know, walk through a war zone? If you're living in Aleppo, any Jew will be living in Syria for whatever crazy reason. They had to walk to Shul. You know, I would. If you're in the time of the Nazis, like my, my grandma was, I mentioned this. I think last week. Last week I said that on, on Shavasma Thomas I was watching my grandmother's interview. Mm-hmm. She was discussing when the Nazis first came out, they had an 8 o'clock curfew. Poles, Jews, no one's allowed. They, anyone on the street would get shot. Could you walk to Shulta Mariv? Mariv was 9 o'clock. There's a curfew, is you'll be shot on the street if they see you. What do you think? Could you go to Mariv? Legitimate fear. Legitimate fear. <laughs> okay. That is, it would be awesome to go to Mariv. What? You can't put yourself. Right, so, so but there's legitimate fear, which which is a real present danger. When there's a real danger, it's common. Where it's not, where where where, where it's not going to be dangerous, you don't have to worry. You don't worry about. If you don't see a disqualifying circumstance. You're going to determine it. So it's whether it's your physical health, whether it's your time, whether it's being fearful of losing your job. You don't want to be at work by asking people to learn. You've got to see what's... If somebody is in this work circumstance where it's compromised, you've got to say, yeah, you don't you're not, you're not have to lose your job. If you want to do care of, there's plenty of opportunities to do care of. You have neighbors, relatives, all kinds of stuff. You shouldn't be doing care of. A little bit you can do, by the way. Pars is a great store. You have all kinds of people walking in there. Right? Well, you can't so much. I could. I come there to do it. No, I can't. No, don't say a rabbi. I'm a Jew. Uh, you, for you, it's a business. It's harder for you to do. If I push... They don't come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, or anyone else there, you know, of course I could. Of course. No, I, I'm, no problem. Well, no, you see that. I always go up to the people there, right? 
So, you know, I, I, but, so, but if it's going to hurt your business legitimately, so maybe that's not the best idea. So you got to weigh that out. you got to see what the, the, the situation is. So if you can't do it at work, sometimes you can't, the work environment is you don't talk about religion. No, no, I mean, it's very uncommon. So do it somewhere else. Weigh out the situation. Is it really a legitimate fear or is it not legitimate? A chalkam, if to wait out in in the atzmo shapasuk shehavina lamala, arum ra ra avinister. A clever person sees sees problems and you stay away. Like you want to make shalom with people and you, you you're fearful that you're legitimately fearful that you are. You, you know, I told one person recently, you are not allowed to rebuke anybody. Period, because you can't handle it. This person every time they rebuke, they get. Oh! Person's not ready for that. I mean, it's like you can't do it. Other people, you could do it. I mean, listen. If 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 you would see somebody taking a ham and cheese sandwich, you should tell them. Treif, they're killing the shama. You're clogging. You're you're gonna. You saw someone taking poison, cyanide. You want to stop them? This person's taking spiritual cyanide. So if they know how to do it. So of course you'll do, you, should, you do it. Is that of course? Who would not take take something? You saw someone about to eat cyanide. Who would, who wouldn't? Would anyone here not stop them? Would you stop them? What? Cyanide poison. Yes. You would do it. Good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Positive. Let's say they had a, it was a, it was a delicious sandwich. Right. They went to Pars. Somebody, they wouldn't get a ham and cheese they, sandwich. But the pars, and they, someone put cyanide in the sandwich. Not outside of pars. They took it outside. They went, they went next door. Right? And they were so excited to eat this uh, baby chicken sandwich. And, and they were going to get annoyed at you. They said, leave me alone. I want my sandwich. It has good tahini and hummus, pickles. They were saying, no, it's cyanide. Would you, would you still stop them? You know they're going to die from the cyanide? If you know. If you know it's on it, so that was a question. Honestly, you're yeah, sitting. Yeah, so, the by them. Let me ask you a question. Honestly, you're all sitting next to you over here. Honestly, you're on a plane. You're on JetBlue. You're all flying to New York. You sit down on the plane. Next to you is a lady. She introduces herself. Her name is Jill Goldberg. Hi, Jill. Nice to meet you, Jill Goldberg. Jill Goldberg. Nice to meet you. Where are you from? Oh, I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm now working for for Yahoo. Oh, is, are you Jewish? Yeah, my mother, she's from Romania. And my father's from Russia. We, my, my grandparents, I'm very Jewish. I grew up in Temple uh, Beth Party in, on, on La Brea. And we're, we, we, we were, used to be conservative. And now we're reform. You know, and yeah, I'm totally Jewish. She's Jewish. Okay, great. And you're going to fly a plane. Ten minutes, you know, flight gets off. Bam. She takes out of her seat. Just you and her sit next to her. Sandwich. Look at the sandwich. It says McDonald's. It says McDonald's on the sandwich. Hey, look at it. Do you have cheeseburgers McDonald's? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cheeseburger. You're going to say something to her. Say something to her. Say something to her. It's not your business, she will ask. She's eating cyanide! None of your business? How come when it's cyanide... How come when it's cyanide? How come when it's cyanide? You say something to her. How how come? I, 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 how come when it's cyanide? You're gonna say something to her. 
Let me ask you a question. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? Now, if you a small plane in a long flight, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way to go. That's illegit- illegitimate fear. No, it's not a fear. No, no, it's not reality. It's not fear. So, it's so, not a fear. So, I, 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 let me tell you something. It's not a fear. So it's it's an illegitimate. You would say something. She's Israeli, so she'd say something. Right. It's cultural. cultural. <laughs> no, seriously, it's cultural. Uh, sure. it's, not, it's not cultural. I, I would say something. I would say something before I was a rabbi. I want you to know that. I, I have. Now, would I, well, let me tell you what I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say, how dare you? I would say, you wicked person. I wouldn't say, you idiot. I wouldn't say, you know, I'd say, oh, you don't keep kosher. And she'd probably say, no, I don't keep kosher. I said, do you know, why we, do you know anything about kosher? I can make it a conversation. I would, I would do what I can. And I want you to know something. Every one of you could do that too. I have tried. America, it's all great. That's all I have to do. No, it's not about being successful. It's about, do you know, it's about trying. You know, it, it's whatever you want to do. I'm not, I was just picking this, I, I picked this cure thing because this thing Sunday night with the, the Holocaust movie. I'm just pointing out for you what's legitimate fears and fears. You know, Going to this class, going to a lecture, getting to show, pushing yourself to davening, you know, learning Hebrew. It's not about, it's about making effort. It's about, you know, working on your marriage, working on your relatives. There's a million things that will pull us back. I, but I just gave you a simple thing. Cyanide and non-kosher. And a, a cheeseburger is cyanide. It's spiritual cyanide. That person, a baser b'chalav, Rahmana Lutzlan. Yeah. Um, you know what? Stopping something from eating cyanide. There is California, I think it's California, about the right to die. If someone pulls a gun to their head, I don't care if, if they're in, in, in Norway or in Deutschland or in Holland, the right to die. No one's saying you're saving people's <laughs> lives. That's, that's the point here. No one's saying rights over here. We're all, we're talking about Judaism. Okay. Yeah. I went on a business trip, ordered kosher food, got my kosher food, and people at the table asked me what if I was on a special diet. And there's a woman sitting there, so I keep kosher at home, but it's too hard when I travel. I said, oh, that's nice. You can't say that's nice. Just group full of people sitting there. They said nice. I mean, wasn't my Don't place. comment. You say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. She said, how about this? If the woman says to you the following thing, oh, I'm married, but I have a boyfriend when I travel. So oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. I worked for someone who introduced me to his wife, and two, and two, and two days later introduced me to his girlfriend. So did you say, I said something to him. Oh, uh, why? Because he was an idiot. Okay, so, thank you. Are you supposed, yes. As I said, you don't say that's nice. Again, I'm not, I'm just, uh, here's the, here, yeah, again, I, I just want to just clarify. I'm using this as an example. It's a good example, though. It, it, I, I'm not, no one's saying to be reckless and to be, even Israelis, I'll give you an example, actually, of a bad thing in Israel. I was, I was in a cab. We had a, when I, we had a, when I had a little baby, like a nurse. We began the cab. She was an Israeli Sephardi lady. She was helping us. Very fine. The, the, driver, the driver starts talking to me. It's about over a decade ago. And I had like two or three little kids, and she was helping us. 
And, she, and the driver starts talking, and she says, Ma, who a man, who chiloni, who no longer says shum davar. And she starts berating him. He was a smarty, she was a smarty. You can't imagine this conversation. Do you think that helped one, one person? Quiet, let me finish. Let me finish. So, uh, I mean, it, it's zero. Do you know what? Someone says, oh, I'm going to stop Shabbos. A guy throws a rock on Shabbos. An idiot. Do you think it does anything? You know, it's not doing something. It's doing something intelligent. You know, you scream, Shabbos! First of all, you look like an idiot. You make people hate you. You never saw this. I saw this in Israel. What? You know, you, I was once in, in, in walking. There's, I lived in near Mesha. There was plenty of very good Jews. There was plenty of. There are a few. Shugayim Lagamre. So it's really Torah who comes there. They, the women were not sneezed. They started throwing stuff at them. Do you think that is good at any level? No, it's terrible at every level, at every single level. I'm not talking about doing things which are reckless and terrible here, okay? I'm saying doing things because you, you care and you love the person. You, you, you view them as eating cyanide, which it is, okay? You, you care enough to do something. So why don't most people do anything? You're on the plane sitting next to Jill Goldberg. Why don't most people do anything? It's illegitimate fear. I'm just telling you, illegitimate fear. You can rationalize the halts. It's illegitimate fear. Now, again, doing crazy things? No. Making a comment? What are you, you're helping the person. You, know, you think you're helping No, no, you are helping the person. You're dead wrong if you don't know that. No, you think. You are dead wrong if you think, think that. You are helping the person. If you care enough, you figure out a way to do that. She doesn't know that. Okay, for Shetzach, she doesn't know that. So you are helping the person. And you know what else? You are related to Jill Goldberg. You are her sister. You are her blood mate. It's called Yisrael Arevin Zebazeh. Okay? So you are helping your sister. If you don't know that, I'm, I'm picking you, by the way. You're just too crazy. That thing, okay? <laughs> I know. You, you are helping your own sister. So you should care enough to figure out a way to do that. So how are you going to do that? You know, it's a good thing. What could I possibly say? Is there anything I can do? You know, you know, obviously the person says, I love my sandwich. You figure out, maybe you could say something. And if you can't say something, if by doing that, it's going to be like throwing the rocks on Shabbos, then don't do that. The first reaction should be, is there anything I can say? You know, what happens very often to me is they look at me, oh, this is not kosher. You know, and that's like perfect. That's like the great line they give you. I say, oh, oh you know it's not kosher. So why don't you keep it? I don't keep kosher. Why don't you keep kosher? If they, if they say that to you, it's already like an open, you've got to be quick, by the way. You know, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, my point is, is, it's not just this. It's a million things in life. When you really break down what's blocking us from doing things, very often it's illegitimate fear. It's, you know, there are people who don't keep Shabbos or high levels of Shabbos or kosher. I know somebody who didn't, you know, do certain things because they didn't want to ask questions. You know? They don't ask questions. Or, they, you know, they would have told their kalim, but they didn't, yeah, they don't know where to start. Is that, is that, how does that sound? Does that sound, make sense? Yes. Uh, no. It doesn't make sense. If you don't know how to, if you didn't know how to get a green card, you figure it out. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it, I'm not saying, okay, I know what you're saying. But no. Right? It's, 
Yeah. Fear can sometimes be so, even irrational fear can seem rational. Oh, oh, very good. I, I agree with you. So, so that's why you have to learn like that and to be looking for truth. To what's real fear and what's not real fear. There are real fears. There are rational fears. Somebody telling me they're not going to go to Israel because they're scared is irrational. You know why it's irrational? There's six and a half million people in Israel. There's more of a chance to die in America, Kamat, than in Israel. It's more dangerous in America. So what happens? They read whatever magazine, and they think it's... You, did, you, did you walk around Shalom scared? You, you scared to go to Harnov? No? Never? You, you saw, don't, did you, didn't you read the news ever? Why are you scared in Harnov? Because there's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> I feel like you're being courageous. There's legitimately nothing to be scared of. Now, if you'd walk in Silwan, would you be scared? Why? There's nothing legitimately to be scared of. Oh, you did walk there. That's actually, the, that's close to the old city. I mean, you can go farther in, it's much worse. You know, you walk in Shuafat? No, I don't think so, right? Why? Because that's legitimately scared. But that's legitimate. You know what you're talking about over there. So why is it somebody doesn't know that they didn't look into it? There's so many things that are illegitimate fears that block us. And you know what? Not only the, the objective and subjective in our own lives, pushing ourselves, coming to the class, a husband going to learn, working things out, um, doing, saving assimilation, working on prayer, giving a class, having guests. I think it's mostly laziness. So that's, that we discussed actually a lot last week. So, you know, or two weeks ago as well. It's, I, I, most of it's laziness. But there's also, in life, very often also fears, which means, you know, I can't do this, I can't, I can't, I was this, I'm not going to be working on tefillah, I can't. Um, but it is majority, so that's the first thing we brought down. Um, she, the the Pasik, that Amr a person says there's a lion on the derech, and very often, because they're scared, that they may drop the box themselves as they're going for that five minutes. Remember that five minutes? They, have the, they get everything they want. The word things may fall on their head. The word, so push the cart slower. Do, don't stop. Fill up your cart. Right? In life, if you want to achieve, I, I'm telling you now, one of the people who said patience was an Israeli lady tells me, I'm not patient. I can't work on patience. I can't do this. I've tried this 50 times. That's, is that laziness? Maybe. But it's also a fear of failure, a fear to try, a fear to engage. Right? You ha- I'm just telling all of us tonight, all of us have certain things that we know we should do. Don't be scared to do them and push yourself to do them. Life is about doing the things we, we know. We know we should do. Okay, thank you.